This is Subconscious Mind Mastery, podcast number 169. Thomas Miller back with a great guest and a great topic today. The topic itself is right up the line of the rest of this entire podcast, how you can maximize your life in every way in every area. The context, though, is a little different. I want you to meet today Dr. Ronald Kaiser. Now, by credentials, Dr. Kaiser is a licensed psychologist with a private practice, but he also serves as director of psychology at the world-renowned Jefferson Headache Center at the Thomas Jefferson University Hospital in Philadelphia. And boy, if you have ever battled headaches, you know how profound that is. If you have them or have had them to the extent where they can't find the cause, you know that a lot of the coping mechanism is psychological. But that's an aside. We're not talking about headaches today. We're talking about how you can make the most of your life. And the reason this is significant is that just a few months ago from the recording of this podcast, Dr. Kaiser turned 81 years young. And I say that because he is in just as good of health mentally and physically as somebody half his age. And here are a couple of things that just really excited me. Number one, on a promo video for his book, which is called Rejuvenaging, we'll give you all the details on this in just a minute, but on this promotional video for the book, he has a quote, if I knew aging was going to be so much fun, I would have gotten here sooner. Now that's the kind of attitude that I want to follow. Don't you want to know more about the psychology or the subconscious programming or the thoughts that a person thinks that would say that at 80? He also attributes that after 70, he has accomplished just as much or more in his life than he did in his younger and, quote, more productive years. And the best part, this is not just for people who are age, quote unquote, aging. This is for everybody. If you're in your 20s, you can apply this just as much as if you're in your 60s, 70s, or 80s. But I've always said, just because of my own story, if I could reach younger people with a message of empowerment, that is my ideal passion. Because then you have decades to live and benefit from this material. It's just like if you start a savings plan when you're a teenager and you contribute to it regularly and it earns just a moderate amount of return. By the time you are my age, you will have a bucket full of money. Not a bucket full. I mean, a large duffel bag full in hundreds, not ones. <laughs> I mean, it's like compounding interest is a marvelous thing. And you can turn right around and apply that to your psychology. I mean, Dr. Kaiser is a psychologist. And the reason he's doing so well at 81 is because he started to practice these things when he was 21 and kept doing it when he was 31 and 41. And you get the point. So let's meet this amazing man, Dr. Ron Kaiser, the author of Rejuvenaging. And if you'd like to look up his website while you're listening, it's thementalhealthgym.com. And he'll tell you more about that in the interview. The link to the book, the link to his website, and the link to that promo video I was talking about are all in the show notes. So now let's meet Dr. Ron Kaiser. Dr. Kaiser, thank you very much for joining us on Subconscious Mind Mastery. Great having you. Thanks. It's good to be with you, and thanks for having me. Well, I'm looking forward to picking your brain on this because uh, you're going to laugh at this because you're, you're, you are what age now? Uh, in November, I was 81. 
okay, this year, so in October, I was 59. So, you know, you would think somebody who is 59 is like, what are you talking about? You're just a child. <laughs> right? It's like, yeah, son. <laughs> well, you're, you're with me in the second half century of our lives. Exactly. And as you approach these ages, we start to think about what that's going to look like. And the great unknown, I think, you know, for most people, okay, you can, you can identify what your 20s and 30s look like. You look ahead, you look at people older than you, and you can see what your 40s and 50s look like, and even 60s. But when you start to get into those later years, unpredictability comes into the picture, right? Absolutely. So I'm just very curious because you've done so much after the age of 70. What was your mindset as you approached your 60s and 70s? Well, I think uh, things didn't really start falling in place the way that they did until about my 70s. I am a psychologist. I think I've always been a very good therapist and helped a number of people on a regular basis, on a one-to-one basis. Around the age of 70, uh, perhaps late 60s, I started thinking, just looking around, there are people my age who are kind of running out the clock. You know, they're, they're not doing anything productive. They're not feeling good. Their biggest block of time in the week is spent in doctor's offices. Uh, they do a lot of complaining and so on. And I just really felt good. I mean, I had no plans of retiring. Uh, I was very active. I still go to the gym three days a week, plus another uh, evening where I take a yoga class. Uh, Very involved with children and grandchildren, uh, involved with friends. We go to concerts and lectures. And I just uh, thought, heck, I've got something to to share with people. And uh, my mindset was, you know, if this is working, then I got to get my ideas out into the world. And that was really why I think I became even more productive after the age of 70, moving my ideas from an individual basis out to the the general population. There are so many things that we're going to talk about here. There's just so much to unpack that I've already just heard in what you said there. So a couple of things. Our society, does it not tends to put people out to pasture as they age. Yes, I agree for for now. But, you know, historically, Thomas, that hasn't always been the case. Uh, The elders in the community for for many centuries were were among the most revered people. And uh, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to go backward in that regard. But, yeah, I I would agree that, that society doesn't give you a great emphasis for moving forward unless you proactively take that stance. So what we're almost talking about here is a cultural type thing because moving into this timeline is the largest bulge of population of this century, the baby boomers. Yes. Uh, Your material, your book, and this whole concept is going to be far more relevant than ever as this huge population bulge looks for significance and relevance and a voice and a platform as they are, as you say, in very good health, approaching your 80s, still have a lot to give, still enjoy what you're doing, why not continue it on? 
Yeah, absolutely. But there's really no structure for it and no great encouragement for it. And that's one of the reasons that I wrote the book. I wanted people to feel that, hey, this isn't a passive time of life. You know, growing older should not be a spectator sport. Let's pursue it with enthusiasm. Let's take charge of our lives. Let's be able to make some changes that help us and, and really help society too, because if we're not active, then we're more of a burden on families and on other aspects of society. So this is one of those questions. I'm narrating this audio book for a mutual friend of ours that um, the author talks about in, in the beginning, the genesis of his business career, that he went to people who had already been down the path before him and ask for their wisdom and advice. Brilliant thing to do, right? That's one of the key things is always, if you want to learn, go ask people who have been there before you. Sure. So when you were 60, what was your mentality going into that decade? And then when you were 70, what was your mentality? What, were you, what was your self-talk? What were you saying to yourself as you approached those milestones? Well, one of the first things is I was always consciously aware of the fact that in the year that I was born, 1937, was the last year where a male uh, born in the United States was not expected to reach the age of 60. The lifespan was that much shorter than it, than it is now. So one of the things that I told myself was, hey, this is, you know, this is bonus time. What am I going to do to really you know, make the most use of it. I've been given this gift, added life. Uh, I'm in good health. I have a wife that I love, kids that I love, and I don't think I had grandchildren then uh, yet. But, you know, th this is a time in life that I can either be passive about it and say, hey, in another five years or so I can retire, or else I could say, geez, I don't feel any different. Let's move forward. So that's, that was kind of my mindset in the 60s. I thought it was really bonus time. Uh, moving into the 70s, I just built on that. I, I, you know, I was getting some really good feedback from my own body. The fact is I could go to the gym and I'd see that I'm lifting more weight than somebody who's grunting and groaning and is half my age. Uh, I looked at the fact that we were, uh, instead of spending countless evenings watching TV. My wife and I were involved in uh, going to concert series, lecture series, just really having a good time. And by that time, uh, you know, we're talking about uh, expanding our family, having grandchildren, being able to want to be able to uh, be involved with their lives as much as possible. And again, we're constantly getting feedback that, hey, this is fun. Two of my mentors in what I'm doing, uh, you, you would know one for sure, Paul Harvey. Yes. Lived to 90 and worked two weeks until his death. And, and had, <laughs> this is so great, he had signed a $100 million 10-year contract. The guy was making $10 million a year doing news at 89. Boy, that, that should be... Uh an incentive for lots of people. That's, that's really good role modeling. <laughs> and that's just like, wow. And then another guy that I follow is Bob Proctor and he's 85 now and had uh, heart valve surgery eight years ago. 
and he does all day seminars several times a year and bounds up on that stage. Like, uh, you know, like you say, a 40 year old and yeah. just going and blowing hard at, uh, at 85 with, you know, with a pig valve in his heart. Yeah. Well, one of the, the really fortunate things is we're, we're living in a time when there are so many, uh, great things happening in medicine so that, you know, a diagnosis or a description of something like having uh, a new heart valve, that's something, <laughs> but it's not a self definition or the central part of your definition. Uh, I had, uh, my, my right hip was replaced in 2013, and two and a half weeks later, I was back at work. Uh, that couldn't have happened decades ago. I mean, so, you know, one of the things that I think uh, separates the people who are moving forward with positive mindset is the fact that they look at uh, things that are happening to them medically as part of them, not the central definition of themselves. And I think certainly the, the two guys that you're mentioning, they didn't make their age or their medical condition the, uh, the real center of their lives. There is a thing that I encourage people to avoid that I call the, the two excuse. That's T-O-O. When you talk about being too old or too emotional or too sick or too something, then you've already defined kind of the rules of the game. You know, once you've said that, that hey, I'm too this to participate in this, you know, there's no place to go with that. But if you accept the fact that hey, age, heart valve, artificial hip, a cataract, whatever it may be is a part of you, but not the definition of yourself. That is perfect. That is absolutely perfect. I got a friend who is 72 now. He's had stage four prostate cancer for seven years. He's been on the podcast a couple of times, still going strong. And that's exactly the same thing that his name is Stuart. That's the same thing that Stuart said, exactly what you just said. Uh, glad to hear that. Uh, you know, and, and obviously it's one of the things that keeps him going. I mean, look, Thomas, the, uh, you know, if you had a, a kid who was a C student and wanted to pursue a professional career, would you encourage him to think, no, nah, you're a C student? Or would you want him to follow your hopes and dreams? And I think the same thing applies, you know, when you get into your 60s, 70s, 80s and beyond. Uh, you know, if you've got hopes and dreams, pursue them. You know, you, you've got things to work around, just like the C student has things to work around. Uh, ours may be in the medical area or whatever, but geez, that's that's no reason to, to give up on your dreams uh, and, and just pack it in. One of the patterns that I've observed of people who were in their later years is the people who had a purpose. And even if that purpose was taking care of a piece of property or animals, on a piece of property where they could get some exercise, but had that thing to get them up out of bed every day. Boy, it's hard to shut that down. Yeah, it is very difficult to have something to look forward to and be depressed at the same time. Right. Perhaps not impossible, but it's very difficult. So as I think about what you've done, you have a book, you have a website, you're doing interviews. You're doing all the things the millennials would love to do, right? To have a successful website and a book. Yeah, I would, I would think so. I don't feel limited by my age or saying that, that you can't do this once you get to be 81. 
And I, I encourage everybody else, if that's part of their dream, uh, pursue it. If, uh, if there are other things that are part of your dream, uh, there's really no excuse for not pursuing it. The worst that can happen is you, you won't be successful at it. And, and that's not terrible. You know, there's a difference between something being too bad and something being terrible. Uh, you know, we fall short on in the pursuit of our dreams. You know, that is too bad. But the experience of uh, and the process of pursuing it is a whole lot better than, than being a couch potato. You know, we talk about this baby boom generation moving down the timeline and a big catastrophe kind of hit us economically 10 years ago. And all the stories of 401ks and IRAs just taking such a beating. And of course, things have come back since then uh, in the markets. But for people who have taken that hit and are looking at the retirement years without that nest egg that they thought they would have, what are your thoughts on that? How do you advise people looking at financial difficulties or challenges going into these years? Well, first of all, obviously, uh, I encourage you know good financial planning and not dealing with risks beyond what you feel you can handle. But even with the best of intentions, a lot of bright, competent, conservative investors lost a considerable amount of money. 10 years ago, and, and some have uh, even in the last month or so. Uh, so I think one of the things to think in terms of is uh, retirement is one option that I like to think in terms of the rejuvenating process as giving you a broad range of options. And I think it's fairly uh, similar to what happens if you're 40 and you lose a job. Uh, you may have to temporarily take a hit uh, from a financial standpoint, but you don't say, okay, that's it. I can't uh, recoup it. You know, you build yourself up, you approach uh, other employment possibilities. If you need more education, you do it and so on. So I think those of us who tend to be kind of risk takers by nature recognize the fact that, hey, this, this may not always work. Uh, we may not have the finances that we want, but that should only be one part of our lives too. If I'm maintaining reasonable health, if I have a good activity level, I should be able to work around that to some extent. Uh, you know, change my investment philosophy, learn to take more charge of my finances rather than leaving it to an advisor who, who may or may not be actively managing it. I just think that the active positive mindset is is a cure-all for lots of things. Absolutely. Well, you've written a book. It's called Rejuvenaging, the Art and Science of Growing Older with Enthusiasm. Tell us the premise of that. Tease me into this. I want to read it. <laughs> okay. Well, I hope you will, uh, and I hope your listeners will. But essentially, uh, as I guess I've implied, is that I see the the aging process as being a very positive one and one that can be confronted with a very positive mindset. But it isn't a spectator sport. It does really involve getting involved in planning the process uh, and ideally planning before you get there to not suddenly get to a retirement age and then wonder what you're going to do. 
So I've identified what I call seven keys to rejuvenate aging. As you might suspect, the first one is the positive mindset. It all starts with the mindset. Then we all, as we approach the senior years and enter them, start worrying a little bit about dementia. And so I think there are things you can do to rejuvenate your intellect, to keep your mind active. It's not a guarantee, and there's some very bright people who have had to, to deal with dementia, but there are some things we can do uh, to hopefully forestall the process and really maximize our, our ability to think. Then healthy eating is, is the third of the keys to rejuvenating. Owning your body, which I think involves both exercise and meditation and making sure that your body is taken care of the way it's supposed to, to function. We are, you know, descended from people who were physically active. That's part of our, our DNA. Then being a social being is uh, the fifth key. Being involved socially, there, there's really good science and research to indicate that things that, that loneliness, for example, which affects many people as they get older, loneliness is right up there with uh, obesity and smoking and sedentary lifestyle in terms of being a killer. You know, so I think that, that it, it's underrated, but it's an important thing to be aware of. And there's almost a, a sub-key of that, which I call the sixth key, which is doing good for others. There's, again, good science to recognize that if you do good for others, either on an individual basis or through an organized charity, I mean, other than just giving money, but actually involved, that the impact on you is often as great or greater than on the people that you're helping. And then another thing is, the final key is to appreciate the good that permeates your life. Uh, Neuropsychologist uh, Rick Hansen is the person who has coined the term taking in the good. And what that means is you kind of appreciate things that uh, they don't have to be dramatic, but are out in your environment. You know, it, did you drive all day past thousands of cars and not have an accident? That's something to appreciate. Are you uh, living in a place where occasionally you get weather changes? Is, is that something to, to really enjoy in addition to just enjoying the, the sunshine on a nice day? You know, when your child or grandchild uh, includes you in their activities, that's something you can take in the good on. So I, I think those are the seven keys that if you can follow them and, you know, really focus on all of them, uh, then I think you're going to be a rejuvenager. You know, rejuvenating is is kind of unlike, say, being a millennial or something like that. I think rejuvenage, being a rejuvenager means you have to earn your way into it, kind of by following the seven keys. That is great. Wow. That would be applicable as applicable for somebody in their 20s and 30s as it would be for somebody in their 60s, 70s, or 80s. Tell us about your website, thementalhealthgem.com. Okay. Well, as uh, you indicated, some of these things are, most of them are uh, applicable to all ages. And, and uh, I really never started out or wanted to be and still now don't function, don't function as a 
an old psychologist to treat older people. I have always had a large number of uh, people in my practice in, in a range of ages. So the Mental Health Gym, which is kind of an educational website that works from a positive psychology standpoint, uh, presents various primarily blogs, occasional podcasts. We're going to be running some courses off the website that really works at achieving and happiness and helping people to get to that standpoint. I don't know if you've had uh, any positive psychologists on your program, Thomas. I know that you're very positive in your own orientation, but you know, historically, psychologists have thought about, well, dealing with depression or anxiety and kind of dealing with the disease, getting the person kind of to neutral, and then our job was done. Uh, positive psychology encourages people to uh, not just get to neutral, but to thrive and to flourish. And I consider it to be kind of the mental health equivalent of going to the gym, which is why I call the website the Mental Health Gym. And uh, you know, it, there's you, you can become a gym member for free and get our newsletter, uh, access our podcasts. And there'll be a number of other products that, that come that way. And uh, you can also get the book on the website as well as on Amazon and Barnes and Noble and other sites. Well, you are just an inspiration, and you are using your bonus time very, very well. <laughs> I gotta say. <laughs> Thank you. I don't take it lightly. I uh, feel very fortunate to have it, but I think I've done some things to, to help enhance those chances. Boy, you, you have covered it well. Happiness, being positive, having a purpose bigger than yourself, staying healthy, staying active. You've got it going, and what an inspiration. Thank you for spending time with us today. Well, thank you, Thomas. I really enjoyed speaking with you and your listeners. Well, just to personalize this, as I'm entering into my 60s, hard to think that that's bonus time. I'm just getting started, man. I'm just figuring this whole thing out, a little bit anyway. So I'm going to adopt Dr. Kaiser's attitude. I have joined the Mental Gym, and I'm definitely going to be reading and digesting his book. Would you join me? I think it will be good for your psychology, and what you put into your psychology now becomes, you know, from listening to this program, your subconscious programming, which drives the bus automatically. So let's all start to think younger. What do you say? Rejuven Aging by Dr. Ronald Kaiser and the website, thementalhealthgym.com. Only gym membership anywhere in the world that you can get for free. I'm going to aspire to be like him when I'm his age. All right, that's it for this one. Thank you very much for listening. I'm Thomas Miller. Enjoy the long and productive journey. The opinions on this podcast are those of the host based on personal experience only and are not intended as medical or psychological advice. If you are experiencing symptoms that require professional treatment, please contact a licensed medical practitioner. The stories and opinions expressed on this podcast are independently those of the host and guests and are not intended to be taken as medical advice or to replace medical care from a licensed professional when appropriate.